0: is going to help you this year and you mentioned the patriots and you know john i'm a patriots fan i've heard rumors out here i don't know how true they are but let's just play with it let's just say it's real that the patriots called denver and said a second and a fourth for judy that was on the table should the broncos have done that type of deal i understand they were looking for a first round pick for judy i think that's too much welcome into the show Ryan O'Leary here joined alongside John Heath it's the Broncos wire podcast brought to you by the USA Today network uh John it's been a little while since our last offseason uh episode man how you doing
1: I'm doing pretty good I it's kind of crazy that when this comes out Thursday the NFL draft is going to be just two weeks away it kind of feels like we really flew up to draft time here I like I've barely had time to really get into draft mode because of everything that's been going on but i'm excited about it we're about this coming week we're really going to get into a full swing of draft mode on broncos wire
0: yeah i'm looking forward to that the nfl draft is always a uh, a fun week and we do have a, a big agenda to get to in terms of the football team the broncos and we don't do a ton of pleasantries on the show john usually we're really on time we just get right into it but i do want to do a little bit of pleasantries here because i've learned a few things about you over the last We've been doing this together now three years, recording episodes for the podcast. The newest thing I've learned about you as of late is that you are a, a pizza connoisseur, to put it lightly, right? You're a pizza connoisseur. Uh, you recently got back from a pizza convention. So before we get to like our Broncos agenda, and again, there's plenty of, of items here that we want to get to in terms of the football team. You've got to tell us about this convention you attended. You, you traveled to a pizza convention. So what is this all about, John? You got to tell me more about this.
1: Yeah, there's an international pizza expo in Las Vegas every year. And I I went out this year, there's all kinds of vendors for just like flour and pizza ovens and cheese and tomatoes, just everything you can imagine for pizza. But then in addition to the vendors, they have a bunch of people come in and do like demos of like how to handle the dough, how to work with the dough, how to make different pizzas. And then they have like a bunch of speakers come in and and just talk. So really the instructional stuff and like the learning and the teaching stuff, that was my favorite part. Just going there and just soaking up knowledge from pizza, people that know all about pizza. Cause like you said, I'm passionate about pizza. And then also, so many boots like if you're selling flour or if you're selling cheese if you're selling olive oil if you're selling tomato sauce like if you have anything to do or even like if you're selling a pizza oven all of them want demos of pizza of this is our product in a pizza or this is the kind of pizza our oven can make so there's just all kinds of pizza samples all over the expo floor so i ate so much pizza and i (laughs) I got so full. I, I want to say I was borderline sick, but I wasn't miserable because the food was so good. I loved it so much. So, yeah, that was a very enjoyable time. That's why we put off the uh this most recent podcast cuz I was too easy or too busy gorging on pizza.
0: Yeah, you were too busy uh at the convention. So that so that's cool. So is it fair to say you're a, an aspiring pizza chef, John? You know, and maybe outside of your your passion to cover the Broncos, you're Maybe that's something you want to get into at some point in your life.
1: Yeah, right now I'm just doing pizzas for like family uh, get togethers. And if it goes well, like I'm still, it's definitely like an art and a craft. So I'm still working on it and need more practice. But if I get better over time, I might like get a little pizza cart and start going to like county fairs or something. And then if it goes really well, maybe think about like a pizza truck or something. But that's more of like a far out on the side for fun hobby kind of a thing. So don't worry. I'm not leaving Broncos wire today, but I do enjoy pizza. and It is something that I like to do on the side.
0: Well, we'll see if the Broncos keep playing like crap all the time, John, you might just have to go (laughs) to your second career. Now I have, I love making pizzas too at home. Uh, I have a four ingredient pizza that I, that pizza dough that I make at home. It's four ingredients, John it's flour. Mm -hmm. It's sea salt, Mm -hmm. baking powder, and a can of beer. And then I I mess around with the can of beer. It could be different. Usually it's an IPA, but I'm telling you folks at home. See, John's already laughing at me. He doesn't believe me that this is good. You put like what? No, I didn't
1: say it wasn't good. It sounds interesting.
0: Three cups of flour, one one tablespoon of uh, baking powder, throw in whatever, how much salt you want. I don't know. It's up to you. And then an IPA, 12 ounce IPA, mix it all together. You got yourself a nice pizza dough. John, you got to try it. You You
1: got to send me a picture of that. Do you have like a a stone you put in your oven or you just cook it in the oven?
0: Yeah, I'll I'll have to, I'll break that down for you. I do have a pizza stone, but I'm not, I'm not good enough to use that. So usually it comes, it's something horrible happens when I use the pizza stone. So I usually just use like baking sheets. I'll spread the dough out on the baking sheet, oil up the baking sheet, put the dough on that, make the pizza, put it in the oven. Uh, But I I do have one of those wood pellet, uh, ovens that sit outside yeah. on your deck and i know you i've seen a photo of you with one of those i have yeah. one i've never used it my dad bought me that a couple of years ago for christmas i've never used the thing it's been sitting in my shed i gotta try it uh but i know that's yeah. what you use right
1: it, yeah it's so frustrating at the start um oh, it i ruined probably like five ten pizzas yeah, I'm, like, I'm scared you, to use that you gotta get a hang of it but once you get a hang of it i really like it
0: all right so there's our pizza talk uh, so hopefully you enjoyed that. If not, then uh, hopefully you skipped ahead five minutes. Now we can get to <laughs> our Broncos talk. Um, item number one in our, our Broncos agenda, John, is that the team, or, or I guess Sean Payton, has emphatically told us that we're not trading a wide receiver. So stop asking us. Stop spreading rumors out there, Adam Schefter. We're not trading. Uh, we're not trading Courtlett Sutton. We're not trading Jerry Judy. Uh, so that's what the Broncos are trying to sell to us, John. So do you believe them? Do you believe that the team is now not trading a wide receiver before or during the draft
1: well I believe that they're not trading a receiver for what teams are offering right now so like yes and no I believe I yeah. think that Denver had a firm asking price that multiple people reported they wanted at least a first for Judy and I assume they probably wanted a second for Sutton and I think nobody was coming close to that so they're just saying no we're not trading either one of them And then, like in parentheses, it's just assumed we're not trading either one of them parentheses because nobody will give us what they're worth. And to the Broncos, like a third round pick for Jerry Judy, it's way better. It's way better to have Judy on your roster contributing the offense than get a third round pick for him. Like what you could get in a third round of the draft this year, there's no comparison. Even a second round pick, the fact that they don't want to compromise for a second, I get that too. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago what's Judy's value and is he worth a first round pick? And like, would somebody like the Patriots trade first round pick for him? And maybe all these teams don't think he's worth that, but to the Broncos, it's not worth losing Judy's production for a second or whatever. So there's no reason for them to compromise. So I'm glad that right now they're sticking with Judy and Sutton, but I, I still think if we come up to the draft or even during the draft and somebody calls them and 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 gives them this nice offer like a first and maybe in an addition to that for Judy I like I doubt somebody would do that but if they did I still think the Broncos might pull the trigger and trade one of them if they get what they're asking for but their public stances they're not trading either one of them and I think the implied stances We're not trading them because nobody's offering what we want. And I think that's good. I'm glad they're not compromising. They're better with them on the roster than without them.
0: No, I agree with that. But so why are guys like Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, who we, you know, we feel are good receivers and we feel like the Broncos would be wise to keep, right, John? We've been talking about the potential of this offense for years. Why are they even out there in trade rumors anyway? It's because the Broncos have no draft picks, right? So the the reason that they would want to trade one of these players is so they, they're they picking before number 67 overall, right? Which is their yeah. first pick in the third round where they pick back-to-back 67, 68. That, those are their only picks inside the top 100, and they don't have any picks until 67. So that's that's a tough place to be. So you would want to, if you're going to get rid of one of these guys, if you're going to let one of these guys go, you're hoping that you get draft compensation back that you think are going is going to help you this year. And you mentioned the Patriots. And you know, John, I'm a Patriots fan. I've heard rumors out here. I don't know how true they are, but let's just play with it. Let's just say it's real. That the Patriots called Denver and said a second and a fourth for Judy. That was on the table. Should the Broncos have done that type of deal? I understand they were looking for a first-round pick for Judy. I think that's too much. I don't think Judy's put together the resume of a player that deserves to be traded for a first-round pick. I, I just... I see the potential. I get the route running. I get it. Broncos fans that want to argue with us on that, fine. I don't think he's put it together, though. I I don't think we've seen the best of him. Now, maybe that's yet to come. He played pretty well last year, considering the offense was horrible. He showed some flashes last year. We'll give him that. I don't think he's put together the resume, though, that says, hey, we need a first-round pick for this player. I, I just don't think he's that guy. I think if I'm a team, I'm thinking "Can I? I could either pick what college player I want in the first round and pick that guy, or trade for Judy? I I don't know. I'd rather take the rookie wide receiver if, I, if I'm a GM. That's just me.
1: Yeah, but a I second get and a fourth, sides.
0: a second and a fourth. John, is that would would are the Broncos smart for turning that down? Hypothetically,
1: well, in my mind, yes, because you're not getting a receiver in the second round that's going to match what Jerry Judy does. Like presumably, maybe you like hit it out of the park and you find this guy in the second round that should have gone the first, and he's phenomenal and he becomes way better. Like that. That's hypothetical. But I. Like, in year one, I highly doubt a second-round pick is going to come in and be as good for the Broncos this year and even the next few years as Jerry Judy would be if they keep him. So, like, I understand what you're saying. To another team, he's might maybe not worth a first-round pick. I totally get that. But to the Broncos, if they're not getting a first-round pick, I don't think it's worth their while to trade him just because you're not going to be able to instantly replace his production. And, like, are you better with – uh, jerry judy as your you know star wide receiver or are you better without jerry judy and a guy you get in the second round maybe not even a wide receiver like you have to balance that and i personally think like i personally would rather have judy than have be picking in the second round this year and I, I don't know does that sound is that strange to you ryan for me to say that like would you rather have a second round pick than jerry judy if you're in the broncos right now
0: no, I'm just, I'm just wondering what the hell's going on at wide receiver for this team. I'm just smelling a rat with this team, right? They're like, oh, we're not trading any of our receivers. They're not meeting our asking price, but then they're sniffing around Adam Thielen. They're sniffing around Alan Lazard, right? <laughs> these guys continue to be in these rumors. So like, uh, there's just something going on at the wide receiver position with this team, John. Where I just, uh, Sean Payton with that weird, like, half smile when he's talking at the, pub. I just don't believe him when he says that they're done. Uh, yeah. And I think if they get a, a deal like this, I, I know we're hearing, we're we're assuming, right, that they want a first for Judy. But I think if they get a deal like this, that's multiple picks, and they think that could help him on draft day, I would be stunned, I guess, if they let the player go. Because again, I don't yeah. think he's, he hasn't realized his potential yet with the Broncos. Yeah. But like, what's going on at wide receiver? Like, why are these guys in trade rumors? Why are they sniffing around other, other players? They signed Marquis Calloway, former Saint, so there's a Sean Payton connection there, right, John? But he's a fringe starter. He's a depth piece, I think. Callaway is. Maybe some maybe some upside there. I don't know. But there's something weird going on at wide receiver, right? He, yeah. You kind of smell so, a rat
1: Someone there. like Adam Thielen and Alan Lazard, you definitely think those guys would be a top three receiver. If Like, if you sign someone like that in free agency, you assume they're going to be a top three receiver, right. if not like a top two receiver. So I think they were probably under the assumption that Judy or Sutton were going to be moved, and they're gonna sign one of these guys, basically replace them, but nobody, no team would meet their asking price. And then they, you know, Thielen and Lazard sign with other teams of free agency. The Broncos kind of use up their cap space and other uh positions, so then you just kind of get to this point where okay, nobody met our asking price, we didn't get someone else in free agency, so yeah, we're not trading them. And then, like you're saying, I agree. If the draft pops up and someone does meet it, I do think they would revisit it. And even though Sean Payton has said like flat out they're not trading them I still think it's possible but you know all this is hypothetical if could would should so you know once the draft passes and if Judy and Sutton are still in the roster after the draft then I think we can finally put this to rest and say okay they're Broncos for the 2023 season and let's move forward but I get what you're saying it it's been kind of weird and I think you made a good point too saying team C that they have like only five draft picks, no picks in the first two round. So these these are guys that have value, could add draft capital for the Broncos. So teams are calling to see if the Broncos are willing to listen, and the Broncos were willing to listen. Clearly they were because for weeks there was there was reporting about them talking with teams, but I think they just held firm and they're asking price. Nobody met it. The Broncos ended up not getting someone out. Well, they did get Callaway, but he's more of like a, a – fourth string kind of wide receiver. Yes. And and honestly, he had a very nice season a couple years ago with Sean Payton. So I think, you know, he could be a little bit of an underrated addition for them. But yeah, I right now they say they're not moving them. We have to take them at their word until they do otherwise.
0: Yeah, it's just it's it's a fascinating thing. They're they're sniffing around other wide receivers. They have Tim Patrick coming back. Uh and they only have five draft picks in the entire 2023 draft, right, John? Uh, Mm -hmm. But hypothetically, I know this, we don't know if this really happened, but I live in the world of hypotheticals, John. That's kind of where I live with my NFL, (laughs) my NFL world. I just live in half reality (laughs) out here. Uh, A second and a fourth for Jerry Judy. That's a pretty good offer. I think the, I mean, that's one that, oh man, I I think that one would have been tough to to turn down. Uh, But, uh, but I digress. We move on. Jerry Judy, still a Bronco. I also have no problem with that because I think his best football is probably still ahead of him as well. So, uh, there's that Sean Payton, whatever you're saying at the podium about the wide receiver position, not trading for, you know, not trading these guys. I don't believe you, you know, just forget everything, everything. That Ron he's, Burgundy he's So everything he says, it feels like he's going to do a wink, wink after, you know what I mean? Just to, yeah. his, the look <laughs> on his face. So that that's, that's the world we live in with Sean Payton. Now I'm here for it. I think it's great. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what side of his mouth he's talking out of. It's, it's perfect. Uh, as we get closer to the draft though, John, uh, Tell us a little bit about some some injury updates, right? Russell Wilson and uh, KJ Hamler both w- underwent surgeries recently. Uh, you guys have been writing on Broncos Wire.
1: Yeah, Wilson had orthoscopic right knee surgery, and apparently, it it wasn't necessarily quote like an injury. It was just a thing that was irritating him, and I guess it's been irritating him for the last few seasons. So he had surgery to clean that up, and supposedly he's supposed to be fine, even for like the the OTAs coming up in May. So he's supposed to be perfectly fine by the time training camp. And certainly by the time the uh, season rolls around and even this spring, he's supposed to be okay. So that that's supposed to not be a big deal, but it's just one more thing that we know he had a right shoulder injury last season. We know he had that hamstring injury that he even missed a game because of the hamstring injury. And then he also had a concussion last season. And then apparently his knee was bothering him the whole year and it had been bothering him for a little while now. Right. So key point there. It, it's just, another excuse to the list of excuses like w- last year wasn't good enough for wilson but there were circumstances like some of it out of his control and it it's just another thing that to me gives me a little bit of optimism like hopefully the broncos can you know they brought in a new uh, athletic trainer they brought in a new guy that's all about like the nutrition and just uh, incorporating like nutrition with the training and the weights and everything like that so hopefully they're going to be able to get guys healthier this year. And hopefully if Wilson's not banged up and like they got a new guard in free agency, they got a new tackle in free agency. Wilson was sacked the most of his career last year. The most of Broncos quarterback has ever been sacked in a single season. So with the line patched up with hopefully, you know, some better health situation in Denver, like, you know, it's just another reason that I'm just a little optimistic that hopefully he can bounce back this year. And, kj hamler is kind of the the opposite end of the spectrum of that he he's just been plagued by injuries his entire career and this off season when he was away from the facility he tore his pectoral muscle and he had to have surgery and that's like four to six weeks uh recovery timeline so like in the best case scenario he could be back for the start of training camp but that would be the best case scenario and there's no guarantee that he would and his rookie year he missed three games his second year he missed 14 games and then last year he missed 10 games and now this season because of his pec injury we're going into training camp not knowing if he's going to be there or not and this is the fourth and final year of his contract so unless he heals and is ready to go for week one and has a very good season, I think this is definitely going to be his last year in Denver just because he hasn't been able to stay on the field. And, like, I feel for him because, like, it's not necessarily his fault. Like, nobody wants him to not be hurt more than he does. Like, he's not trying to get hurt. It's just his body has just been so beat up in the NFL, he's not been able to stay on the field for them. So it's just – it's a bummer that, yet again, he's he's got another injury – and like I said, you just hope that he does recover in this from this either before or during training camp and then hope he can stay on the field this year. Because if, if he has another season where he's riddled by injuries, I just can't see them bringing him back next season.
0: Yep. Hard to argue with that at all, John. Um, and you mentioned, you know, some of the stuff the new regime is doing to try to help the team with these, you know, avoid some of these injuries, help guys stay healthy a little bit. Uh, and a lot came out of the owners meetings, right? Uh, with Sean Payton's talking and he, de- you know, as as you wrote in our show notes, he declared to the media that the Broncos will be tackling in practice this summer, which I thought was, was kind of fun. Uh, he said that he plans to play the starters in the preseason, which is something Nathaniel Hackett just refused to do. Uh, and side note, anything that's different than what Nate Hackett did last year, John is a go full go in my book. So Sean Payton has my full support. <laughs> on anything that is the opposite yep. of what Nate Hackett did. So just you could make a list and whatever you do, that's opposite. I'm not going to criticize it on the show at all. I'm just going to say good job, but uh, Sean Payton kind of laying down the law, right? He already, we we talked about in a previous episode, how we kicked uh, Russell Wilson's personal QB coach out of the facility. So that's not how we do things here. Uh, we played this out. Actually, I think I did that with Brent, uh, Brendan when we did the show, we played the sound on that. So he's made it clear that, you know, there's a new sheriff in town, John. I'm sure fans are are loving that, but are the players loving that? Right? Like, how do the players think about what, what, if you're a player, John? What, how do you how are you feeling about Sean Payton saying we're going to tackle in practice? We're going to push the envelope in terms of like pads and contact and all that. Like, how how do you think players are taking well- it? Out?
1: I don't know that it's so much pushing the envelope as much as just a more return to normal, because like you said, anything that's not what Nathaniel Hackett did, I'm on board with. Like I feel the same way, like Nathaniel Hackett, not having them tackle in practice, like that was abnormal. And it's not like Peyton saying, you know, we're going to, tackle as many times as we're allowed to per the cba and wink wink maybe we'll even do it more than the cba just don't tell anyone like it it wasn't like he was saying that he was to me i got the impression that he was like you know with hackett you didn't even tackle in practice of course we're going to do that you know with hackett russell wilson with in a brand new offense with a brand new team didn't even get a single preseason rep of course we're going to play our stars in preseason i think it was more of that like you know this was a mess last year and it wasn't normal we're going to be going back to more normal football operations. Like of course you tap practice tackling, of course a quarterback and a brand new offense with a brand new team is going to get reps and preseason. So I, I, I think it was more along the lines of that. And I've said this along before on the podcast, like I always go back to Peyton Manning. Like if it's good enough for Peyton Manning, it's good enough for Russell Wilson, like Peyton Manning, as he was getting older, like especially in 2015, he was really old and he was really starting to decline. Even then, Peyton Manning still played in preseason. Even if it's just, you know, one drive in the first game, two, three drives in the second game, what, like even if it's only that, that's in my mind, and clearly in Peyton Manning's mind, that's better than nothing. So if Sean Payton thinks Russell Wilson and the offense need a couple drives in preseason, I'm all for it. Like of of course. You want to, you know, reduce injury risk as much as you can. But injuries can happen at any point during football. And Peyton seemed to hint that they think the injuries may have been worse in part because they didn't pack on practice. And because they didn't get reps in preseason, you just go from no contact, no contact, no contact to boom, week one, tons of contact, and your body's maybe not as prepared for it. So I think this is a smarter approach. And I think it's just a more of a return to what is more standard in a football team
0: i don't think i realized john until sean payton got here and started talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. <laughs> he loves to uh, yeah i don't think i realized that there was like no contact at all in practice with hackett i, just, I don't think i realized that so it, it is such a big change um so yeah so i think the return to the norm is a good thing uh you just you know you were i know sean payton he's kind of old school right he's old school it's more of like an authority. Herself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's old school. He's more of that authoritarian approach. You know, how much does that resonate with the new generation of athlete? I don't, I don't know. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, it's not to an extreme. Like, we're not saying it's going to be. We don't know. But like, if he's if like you said, if he's pushing the boundaries of the CBA, which he didn't say he was going to do, but if he was pushing the boundaries on how much contact, how much pads you can have during the week, like I think early in the year, yeah. Uh, I think everyone will be all for after the season the Broncos had last year, even players, but you get into the season, guys start getting banged up, start getting sore. And you're, and you're out there, you're pushing the envelope and, and Sean Payton's like, now this is how we do it. Now let's go you know, buckle it up. You know, I, I just wonder how that would resonate with the new generation of athlete, right? That That's all. It's just something to watch. We're not getting Sean Payton in trouble for something he didn't do, but <laughs> no, uh, it's just something to watch uh, going forward. But the preseason thing, I have no issue at all. like, if if Sean if Sean Payton's going to make the starters go out there and play even against the bums on the other side like the third stringers the uh you know the end of the you know the guys battling for the final fifty three and he's going to keep Russell Wilson and those guys out there until they get X Y and Z right in a given preseason game, I'm all for it. I'm all for it because the guys on offense especially they've they have no they have earned no right they have not earned the preseason off John right they were it was so bad on that side of the football and like. If you're putting together the equation, you put putting it like math, like the talent on offense did not equate to the results, right? You had too much talent to be that bad on offense last year. So th- those guys, they didn't earn time off in the preseason. I want to see him out there. I think that's that's my favorite change, so far that Sean Payton says he's going to like implement starters playing, especially on offense. Those guys playing in the preseason, they got to rep it. They got to they got to fix this thing, uh, because it was that bad last year. So again, anything that uh. Nate Hackett did just do the opposite so yeah we're gonna hit in practice we're gonna hit in practice we're gonna play our guys in the preseason uh we're gonna kick your quarterback coach out of here Russell Wilson sorry um all for all of that John right but yeah especially the preseason thing like get out there and move the football and prove something before you take the time off you know what I mean
1: yeah, yeah and I Just wrapping back real quick to the tackling, I think that's mostly talking about, like, the summer and training camp and even in preseason Then getting those games. During the season, they might do it some, but I think mostly he meant, like, over training camp in the summer, the Broncos did not tackle to the ground in the offseason, and I think that's what he's getting at. Like, you you know, we need to practice this. We're a football team. We're a tackling football team. Of course, we're going to practice tackling. I don't think he necessarily meant, like, 15 weeks into the season, we're going to do one-on-one tackling. That would just be foolish. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I think doing doing that in in the summer and getting guys reps in preseason, to me, it just kind of seems like common sense.
0: No, it's typical me, John. I've already got Sean Payton in trouble for pushing the envelope of the CBA, <laughs> uh, and we haven't even gotten to uh, the draft yet. So there, there's that in, in terms of contact. Uh, so, so there's that. We have covered, uh, we've covered positions of need for the Broncos in previous uh, offseason episodes. John, we'll do some more of that here as we, you know, do our like official draft preview next week. Uh, but one position of need that you have written about and talked about is safety, right? And I think as we went into free agency, I thought one name that just made too much sense, and I basically had, I had written him in pen on the in the Broncos roster. CJ Gardner Johnson. I thought he was coming. I thought he was going to be a Bronco, John. He's a Sean Payton guy. He is just one of those players who you hate if he's on the other team, but you love if he's your teammate. He's just, he mixes it up. I just thought that one was too easy. CJ Gardner Johnson. I, I just thought he was definitely going to be a Bronco. Obviously, that didn't happen. Uh, the Broncos were out there. They were trying to sign a, sign a safety, and Caden uh, Stearns uh, ended up tweeting about that, John. And you want to talk about that a little bit. Give me your take on Caden Stearns and him wanting a little respect.
1: Yeah. Like you said, they tried to say, sign CJ Garner Johnson. They also tried to sign Nick Scott and they didn't get either of those guys in free agency. But like, as you alluded to Broncos fans were all over CJ Garner Johnson. And it just, if you went on Broncos Twitter, Uh, in free agency, especially like after the Broncos made their big moves on offense and everybody's like, okay, now what, like, what is the next big splash? Gardner Johnson was the one everybody was wanting to get. And then after he signed with the lions, Broncos Twitter kind of went into a, a meltdown. And Caden Cerns, I'm sure sure he must have seen some of those tweets because first he tweeted a laughing crying emoji, and they're like <laughs> this was right after Garner Johnson signed with the uh, the Lions. I think he went to so again like we got to be careful connecting tweets like sometimes players are just like talking about their personal life or whatever. So we got to be careful, but the timing of it makes me think he was definitely talking about the team not getting Gardner Johnson. And then after he tweeted those emojis, he tweeted, keep that same energy, still love you guys though. And to me, that seems like a direct statement to fans. Like you guys wanted CJ Gardner Johnson so bad and talking about him on Twitter and now he's not coming and guess who's left in Denver? Me, Caden Starnes. Like right now I'm starting to cross from Justin Simmons and you're going to like it. And like, (laughs) I like that from Caden Stearns. And by the way, he deleted those tweets a little bit after that. And, like, I like Caden Stearns a lot. And and even last year I talked about how Caden Stearns could be the Broncos' safety even over Kareem Jackson last year. Like, I th- definitely think he has the talent. The only problem with him is the injuries. You know, he missed some time in college. He missed some time as a rookie. And then last season he missed more than half the season. So th- I think the Broncos – wanted at the very least to get more depth there. Like if they got someone like Gardner Johnson, Stearns would have become the depth, but they needed, I think another body to have a fallback option. Cause like I said, Stearns, I think is a capable starting safety. They just got to be able to keep him on the field. And like, if he starts the year across from Justin Simmons, great. Like he's perfectly capable of that. But what happens if we get halfway through the year and he gets hurt again? Like I, I'm not hoping that happens, but with his injury history, you just have to think it's possible. So I still think the Broncos like maybe even after the draft they'll just re-sign Cream Jackson to another budget one-year depth. Not even necessarily to have him as a starter, but just to have another body on the roster just because of Stern's injury history. So. I just, I those tweets from Stearns I thought were kind of funny. I just wanted to give him a, another shout out. It kind of seemed like him saying, like, "Hey, by the way, Broncos fans, I'm still here. You know, I'm going to be starting for you guys, so get used to it." And and really, I think Broncos fans like him, and I think they'll like him as a starter. The Broncos just got to be able to keep him healthy.
0: Yeah, and and I'm glad you brought it up too. And it's, you know, Caden Stearns. I have no what he tweeted was kind of fun, and it wasn't like he was even trolling the fans that he wasn't saying anything nasty you know you you know he didn't say he's gonna beat people up or anything like he was having fun like laughing emojis kind of keep that same energy still love you guys though as you said john like come on like that's fun stuff it's a shame he has to delete those tweets and i think like the athletes social media account thing between them and the fans it's just it's it's one of the most ridiculous things about sports (laughs) and, and the world we're in now it's like isn't jerry judy one of these guys that will tweet something cryptic and everybody will think it's football. And they'll say, hey, guys, this is about my personal life. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, Jerry, of course, fans are going to think you're tweeting about football.
1: Yeah, uh, like of 90% course. of your followers like, follow you yes. because of your job. How do,
0: Like, don't play dumb with us. Don't tell us you don't understand that. You know that everything you tweet. Broncos fans are reading and they're going I, to at least he should know yes and he does I come on he he has to know he's like I have to get my own personal account I, I can't be tweeting out here my, my own personal stuff you guys are going to always trace it back to football it's like duh Jerry of course they're going to trace it back to football I just think that whole thing is ridiculous and I think it's ridiculous that Caden Stearns had to delete these tweets or felt he needed to or the team told him to or I don't know what happened there but those tweets were fine that was a fun back and forth to for the fans nothing bad was said uh, and if that motivates him to play good football this year, then I'm all for it. Cause I, I agree with you. I'm, um, we've never, we've never crapped on Caden Stearns on this podcast before. Uh, I think we've, we've, no, he's we've, a very talked, good yeah, player. we've talked good things about him. Uh, John, there's like a, I, I haven't come across this. I've actually, I have not been on social media as much since the season ended. Admittedly, I, Actually took Twitter off my homepage on my phone. Still on my phone, but it's not on my page, so I'm not constantly. Yeah, so I'm not constantly on Twitter scrolling and being like, "Oh yeah, an hour's passed, and I haven't like I have gotten no value out of just scrolling Twitter aimlessly." So I haven't really seen this, but there's like a viral, popular question on social media that you want to throw at me. Like, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so this guy like made a TikTok and then it got reposted everywhere else, where he was saying that. He could throw for 10 yards, just an average Joe, like not a former college player or anything. He said he could throw for 10 yards in an NFL game, and the stipulation was you couldn't do a screen or like a shovel pass where like the running back or receiver just runs in front of the quarterback and he literally just like tosses it to him. Like that doesn't count. So with screens (laughs) out, little tosses like that out, could you throw for 10 yards in an NFL game? I thought it was perfect. Kendall Hinton quote tweeted the video and he just said, no, you couldn't do that. Like, that's why quarterbacks are paid the big bucks. And like if 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 there's any authority on if an average Joe can throw for 10 yards an F.O. game, it's Kendall Hinton. Like he literally spent time at quarterback in college and then but mostly receiver. And then he gets to the NFL. He's a practice squad receiver for the Broncos. They have a quarterback emergency because of COVID, and they say, hey, Kendall, you did a little bit of QB in college. We need you to play QB in the NFL game, and it went terrible. He had more interceptions than completions. He had two picks. He only had one completion, and people will say, but that completion was for more than 10 yards, but it was a tight end screen, so it doesn't even count. So if, if Kendall Hinton, who got some reps at quarterback in Division One college level, cannot throw for 10 yards in the NFL game I think these average Joes who think they can are, are crazy. They they just have way too much self confidence. How how do you feel about it, Ryan?
0: Well, I think first of all, they're cheating because like how often do football fans take their pants off for every shovel pass Patrick Mahomes does? Like, come on. Like that's just like come on. If I can't shovel pass it. Um, so do you want me to answer this question, John, or do you want to answer it? You no, you no, just you ahead. just answered it, right? You said you can't do it, basically. You said no. Is that but your answer? I,
1: I think the only way that it would like, and I would not confidently say I could do it. I would say the only way like there's no way I could throw a slant, like I could not get it over the line, thrown in the middle the field. And out, I, do, I don't think I'd have composed composure to take the ball, turn, and throw it and throw an accurate pass. So if I can't throw it in the middle of the field, I can't throw it short on the outside, I think the only possible way is if I'm in shotgun, like they're in man coverage and I have Calvin Johnson as my wide receiver and there's no (laughs) safety over the top, only one bad corner, one-on-one with Calvin Johnson, which would be stupid. But in this hypothetical, I just take the snap right away. I just throw him a fade just right away. And Calvin Johnson's good enough that maybe he can run under and catch on. That's the only way I think it's possible. But I think if I did 100 reps, maybe I'd complete one or two like that. That's the only way I think it's possible. And even that I'm just saying, maybe like I'll, I'm not confidently saying I could do that. Cause I probably wouldn't even have composers do that. Cause people need to think about the rush. Like you got to, you got to catch the snap. You got to get in a stance. You got to throw the ball like that. Takes a couple seconds, especially for an average person. That's going to take you a lot longer than an NFL quarterback is so drilled in it. And defensive linemen can get to the quarterback in two seconds. So can I even get a snap and shotgun and just throw a fade as fast as I can? I don't know if I could even do that. I I'd probably be too scared to do that with big defensive linemen. So I I don't think an average Joe could do it. And like I think. Is just it's very unlikely, perhaps possible if you get tons and tons of tries and don't die from getting hit. But (laughs) just in general, I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I think these average Joes would have new respect for NFL football players if they got hit once from like Vita Vea coming up the middle or something or (laughs) some of these edge rushers. Forget it. Um, Yeah. Micah Parsons is on the outside. You're going to get that pass off. I don't know. So, John, we've never met. We've never met in person. We've only we've only met virtually, right? Uh, just talking football for three years since 2020, August of 2020, doing this podcast. We've never met in person. If you met me in person, though, you would see I'm six foot three, 200 pounds, like I just.
1: Sounds like a quarterback.
0: Put, put a nice, yeah, put a nice like clean white pair of Nikes on me, Nike shoes. Let me walk out there. People will be like, oh, look, look at he looks like an athlete out there. Look at that guy. Uh, John, no chance. There's no chance I could pass for 10 yards. Zero, zero. The only sport I could play, even when I was in high school and I was pretty much the same size in high school, I could only play soccer goalie. And I know you'll appreciate that. Cause I know you're a big soccer guy. I can block the ball with random parts of my body and do that thing. I can stand in front of it. But in terms of like catching or throwing, I can't do it. I just can't. I have the arm of a five-year-old. Like I just, I don't know what it is. I do not. I just cannot throw a football. So, So for me, it's like, while I could go out there and look the part and I could point to my helmet, alert, 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 you know, do the Tom Brady thing, point at the defense. I could, I could look the part when it comes actually time to throw the football though. I'd be dead. There's no, there's no chance I could throw for 10 yards. Uh, and I think most people who say they could, um, you can't trust me because if Kendall Hinton played quarterback in college and couldn't do it, then, um, I highly, I highly doubt it. So, um, any other thoughts here, John, as we wrap this one up? And again, we're going to get into our, our big uh, draft preview next week. Uh, I know Philip Lindsay made his XFL debut. Uh, so Philip yeah. Lindsay, uh, anything else you want to hit on before we uh, wrap it up?
1: Yeah, I, I thought that was cool for Lindsay. Like, I, there's only two games left, I think, in the regular season, the XFL, and then they start playoffs. Like, I hoping, I'm hoping I hoping that Seattle, that's Lindsay's team, makes the playoff. And, you know, I hope he plays well and he turns this into another NFL opportunity. I, th- I think he's only like 28 years old and he he had a pair of a thousand yard seasons with the Broncos and then he got had like just a limited role after that. And then since then, he, he bounced around three teams, hasn't been really to stick in the NFL. And like I know he's not a great blocking back. He's not a very good receiving back. He doesn't play special teams. So I get it. I get why teams aren't falling over him, but I I like Philip Lindsay. Like you talk to any Broncos fan, they're going to like Philip Lindsay, the local guy. So I think it's cool that he's getting to play football again, and I hope that he does well and is able to turn it into another NFL opportunity. And I like the XFL and the USFL is starting up this weekend. I like that it gives guys opportunities, you know, not just like Philip Lindsay who were in the NFL and trying to get back to, but also guys that have never been there before. Like maybe a college guy that fell through the cracks I think it's cool that we have this spring football to give guys more opportunities. I'm I'm all for football players getting more chances to, you know, be seen by NFL teams. Yep. So that spring football is going on right now. I think that's pretty cool. I tune in when I can, especially like now I'm going to definitely pay attention to Seattle's games. And then like we said, the NFL draft is just 2 weeks away. This coming week we're going to be really getting into draft prep on Broncos wire and you know, in the next podcast we're going to be talking about draft needs for the Broncos. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to talking to you next week, Ryan.
0: Yeah, 100%, man. I mean that that Thursday night, the first Thursday of the NFL draft is always like a just a must. You know, sitting at your couch, it's so exciting. Poor Broncos fans this year. It's like we we have have nothing to watch the first like two nights, right?
1: With the fifth overall pick in the twenty twenty three NFL draft, the Denver Broncos (laughs) select Russell Wilson. Yeah,
0: exactly. With
1: their second round pick in the NFL draft, the Denver Broncos select Russell Wilson. Next year (laughs) we can get back to having early round picks, and and, you know maybe Russell Wilson will turn it around this year, and and fans won't be as resentful towards him. We'll we'll see how it
0: goes. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. But you know it's like. We got no chance of predicting what they're going to do in the third round. Oh man, uh, So, so yeah, so it's going to be a different, a different style of uh, preview for the Broncos, which is going to make us work a little bit harder, John. But I'm, I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to do that. So we will definitely dive into that next week. Uh, with John's top positions of need, we'll talk through it. We'll talk through some different scenarios. Maybe John's favorite mock draft. Uh, you must have posted about a, a hundred of those stories, John. Right. So you probably have seen your favorite mock. But of course, uh, you have to do a a deep dive mock that goes three rounds deep to get the Broncos in a mock draft. Right. Yep, yep. So maybe you haven't had as many mock drafts this year on Broncos. Wire. I don't know. Um, but it's going to be exciting. And I, I don't John, I I'm in the mood for pizza tonight now for dinner. I think that's, <laughs> I think that I think pizza's on the let's, menu now.
1: Let's eat some pizza and hope the Broncos nail their picks in the third round of the draft. How about that?
0: <laughs> There's that. That's John Heath. Check him out on Broncos wire. We'll be back next week with our draft preview. Looking forward to it. Talk to you then.